the I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hi there, this is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. Um, Welcome everyone, hope everyone's doing well. Uh, once again, if you are uh, on the Spreaker app, you can chat with us live. And today's episode, uh, you can see right there, I learned something recently about uh, episode listings. And that was very informative to me. So starting on June 1st, it is now uh, May 18th. Uh, my restaurant, I am going back to work in my restaurant, the Catch Restaurant in Key Largo at Mile Marker 102 on the ocean side. Um, it's open 12 to 8, and the bar's opened and all that, but they, you can't sit at the bar. Uh, and the governor just uh, and uh, he just announced that hotels will be able to open at 50% capacity. On June 1st, our checkpoint at on the uh, Overseas Highway and on uh, Card Sound Road, the two entrances and, and exits, exits on the Keys will be exits. Wow, what the hell? Uh, I've been doing this for three years. I can't pronounce exit. They will be open to travelers and hotels will be, as of June 1st, That right now they are, will be open to 50% capacity. And I've been checking uh, online. There's some really great deals, but there's capacity limited right now. There's very few uh, rooms left online to get. But the the weather's beautiful. You might as well come down here. Uh, there's not a lot of people on the roads, but I imagine on June 1st, it may, it may be either like floodgates, people dying to get in, or just be a trickle but we do have people that have rental rental properties that have been uh, just as anecdotal they've been coming in and today as I said I am going into work and I have several uh, my concerns are not for my health I'm not worried about that I've been around I've been to stores and things like that I use uh, protection PPE uh, I use a face buff or a mask and most people I deal with or get within distance of are wearing a mask also. And that's supposed to uh, reduce transmission. And I wash my hands frequently. Um, but what I've noticed when I was out since the restaurants down here, at least in Monroe County, started to open over a week ago, is that just with local traffic, there is very little business in the uh, restaurants, even not even reaching 25% capacity, which was mandated up until uh, this 
uh, up today. Today it's 50%. So if you are a restaurant that goes up to 100, 150 people, you will be um, allowed to um, have 75 people with proper distancing. But I, the, what I've seen down here is about three to four people, uh, three to four vehicles. And in most of these places, there should have been maybe 10 or 15 vehicles to get to that 25%. And that's at smaller restaurants and larger restaurants. One of those local eateries is very popular on uh, Sunday for brunch. I went by it and there was only three cars outside. So that is disheartening. And as a bartender, not having people sitting at your bar is kind of like a bit of a buzzkill. You got to go to tables, which, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And I'll be doing that. But one of the concerns, another concerns I had was that I have it um, bartended in over two months. So there, you know, I, I just, I don't know if it's my age or whatever. I just, I, I seem to, I'll see if I forgot some of the skills I had, how to interact with people, you know, remember people's names. I, on the best of times, when for me, knowing a lot of people, I'm not a really good uh, name recognition, recognition guy. I'm great with history and stuff like that, but name recognition, I'm really slow, really slow, unless I'm interacting with someone on a regular basis. Even people with the same name I have, for instance, first name. So we're starting back, and we got reduced hours. It's going to be, uh, I think we're only going to be open like 12 to 8. So the longest shift we have, I have two full shifts, which are going to be 10 hours, you know, coming in an hour before and staying an hour after closing. Um, you know, and we're, we're not going to have that interaction with the people sitting around the bar, be at the tables. I'll be wearing a mask or a buff. And I'm, um, I don't know how, how much the traffic, I imagine today it'll be pretty good for the people that wanted to come to our particular restaurant for today, maybe tomorrow. But after that, I don't know what's going to happen. So we'll, we will see what happens there. Uh, I don't know how, uh, I'm not going to speculate whether people are going to adhere to the guidelines, but since we are the establishment that's opening, we're, we're responsible for that. And if we don't uh, follow the guidelines, if we don't have proper social distancing or we exceed the capacity, uh, that fine would be on uh, us or the owners. So I, I'll be vigilant, uh, vigilant there. And I'm not looking to cause any trouble. I'm concerned about my place of business. I'm always concerned for the well-being of the customers. But it, sometimes people come in and they're somewhat not concerned about anything other than their well-being or their specific needs. And uh, we'll find out later what's that, what that will be all about. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm hoping we get plenty of business. So I'll, I'll come back tomorrow. I'll be doing some shows. And I'll inform you, listener, on how it worked out. And maybe I'll, maybe I'll uh, do a couple of recordings and I'll upload them and play them to see how, you know, maybe, yeah, for my, the grand, well, the grand reopening's ha- happening right now. Uh, well, actually in 30 minutes. The restaurant opens at 12 o'clock. And we'll see how that happens. Uh, 
opens up. I imagine it's going, they're going to have a, a busy lunch for uh, because I posted on social media, and uh, there'll be a unique it'll be a unique experience for them, and I'll have you know maybe they'll call me in early. Who knows? So yesterday I did a live show, and it was one of the first times I ever got. And we do doing the shows for uh, three years. And the first time we've had someone just randomly come across the show. And that may be because more people are listening to podcasts. And there was a gentleman, J. Ron from Nova Scotia. And he started conversing with me on chat. And I'm going to put something on there. I'm going to say, if anybody, would anybody like to chat? Would, would, let me spell this right. Anybody like to ask a question on air on air and that's what's out there right now so we are live and J-Ron we were conversing back and forth I had Steve on because wasn't a very compelling discussion, but it was interesting that it was my first back and forth with someone on it in three years on it, tens of thousands of downloads. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. And it turns out I don't know what they're seeing because as we go further on in questions and answer with J-Ron, he says to me, are you guys two cooks? And I said, two cooks? What What the hell? What do you mean two cooks? And uh, just from our conversation, we're two cooks. It says Washington, Virginia, uh, six episodes per inhabitant. That was the title of the episode. And he says, that's the only thing he saw. He didn't even see that with Florida Keys bartender. I said, well, if I thought when you were listening to an episode that you saw the name of the show, but he just saw, it was apparent, he just saw this name of the episode. And I was wondering for three years, all I was trying to do was get enticed listeners to, you know, expand our reach. Not just in the Keys, not in South Florida, because there's a lot of people, when I started a podcast, there's a lot of people that like to come down here. A lot of people like to come and drink. A lot of people come, they used to come and ask me things as a bartender. Why wouldn't you ask me? You know, you have a lot of questions when you come in a bar. Why don't you ask me if I have a podcast? I'm not doing anything other than talking to you now. You don't have to wait for me to get a drink. You have a drink available at home, I hope. So I realized when this J-Ron said this, that all the people saw when I did a live episode, at least when they're listening on the Spreaker Studio app or the Spreaker app, uh, was titles. And some of the titles were All in the Family, What's a Margarita, Less Than Normal, Keys Cars, spelled with a K, Bug Hunt, referring to Mini Lobster Season. Mini Lobster Season is not the season where you get mini lobsters. It's just a short season for the public to go and capture lobsters in uh, Florida and the Keys in particular. And they call them bugs because the lobsters look 
a lot like cockroaches and stuff like that because they just have antennas and the small spindly legs. They don't have big claws like you get on the the northern lobsters. Mandy's hat. And I guess on their own, these episodes weren't compelling in title themselves. They shouldn't be. And maybe the conversations weren't compelling. But, for instance, one of the shows was called International Women's Day. If you look like by the title, you go, oh my God, I'm, why would the hell would I turn on a show? And even if you knew it was Florida Keys bartender, why would you turn on a show that said International Women's Day? You know? And that's my dog barking right now. Obviously, because um, she picks the most appropriate time to start barking at the cat. So, on the show International Women's Day, I used to do a show with uh, uh, Bill Wissinger and Luke Glenn, two local musicians in the Keys. Bill was the sound guy and a co-host. And Luke would show up. He was another co-host. We did a lovely show talking about women, how we talked about misogyny, how women needed to be uh, celebrated and stuff like that. Well, at the end of the show, Luke just started singing a song and he wrote called I Love Pussy. And the lyrics were pretty much, what do you got? I love pussy, 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 pussy. That was the whole thing. At the end of the show, um, it wasn't just so you get the listener gets the idea. I did not create the show International Women's just to be ironic. I wanted this show to be, you know, so three guys being respectful of women. And Luke, we had to spend the whole show. Luke even spent like 10, 15 minutes talking about how he really respected his sister who had a PhD and how important she was in her fa- in his family and how important it was in his life. And then at the end of the show, which we did, I think, you know, it wasn't much for content, let's say, but it was respectful, wasn't misogynistic. You know, what he just put a big tile, pile of dog shit on top of that show by, you know, negating everything was said before by breaking into a song. And it was his song. And I had to stop it. I didn't stop him singing. I said, just sing your song. And then I, instead of ending, I was ending the show. Uh, instead of ending the show there, I went and apologized. But like the uh, attention-seeking whore that I am, I kept that part in it because I said, well, that's funny. Now, I didn't plan on that. But I thought that would be funny. But there was no reason for anybody coming across the show. They'd have to read it in the title or something like that. I guess I could have rechanged the name instead of International Women's Day. I love pussy. But wouldn't the just 99.8% of the show was not uh, about pussy. It was about the respect for women and stuff like that. So that would have been misrepresentation. But it may have gotten more people to listen, but I don't think they would have stayed with it. So there's many things I try to do to drive exposure of the show. Yeah, I tried to make uh, the episodes somewhat titillating, but I had not to do, the titles have to do with what we're talking about during the show. And I began to think with a, views from the keys right now you know it's hot humid it's a little cloudy you know 
we've uh, we've had some beautiful weather. I went yesterday was nice and sunny, a little steamy, uh, but we're in our rainy season right now. But uh, we just talk about keys things. We talk, I talked about the roadblock. I talked about the bars opening. Uh, sometimes we talk about fishing. I'm not much of a fishing guy, so I do that. I put in a, uh, the titles. Some things are titling, but the titles usually have to do back with the show. So I tried that, and I tried social media. Oh my God, social media just posting things, putting um, them on Facebook. I have maybe like on my personal account, I have like four to five thousand uh, friends, which you know it's not really friends; it's people you connect with. And then I have on my page for the Keys Bartender, I have about fifteen hundred, and on Twitter another 1500 and some um, you know 800 on Instagram and you try to drive it that way get people to listen uh, who are listen, just following you on social media and say maybe check in and the way I view it and I'll just say this once all I get need to get is 1% I feel I have a 1% appeal not say the top 1% I'm not saying the top or the bottom 1% there's 1% of the people that have an interest in some of the things I say. I don't believe I don't believe it's a broad appeal. This isn't frontline. This isn't vice. It's in all those things. I don't have a locked-in segment, but there is a one percent of people out there that have a similar outlook and a similar humor than I have. So that's what I try to meet in social media. Now you pay hundreds of dollars, hundreds of dollars, boosting shows to as many people get. It's more of a shotgun approach. It's like throwing um, a bunch of um, Christ. It's a credit. It's the it's the uh, business card approach, where you're laying out with guys laying always laying out business cards. Boom, boom, business card here, business card there. You know, every if you're a, a real realtor, if for every thousand business cards you get one lead that leads to a sale, that's worth it. Well. That's no good, you know. Th- you know that's no good when it comes to podcasts because the um, you need to, to earn what a realtor makes. You need to have, let's say, twenty thousand listeners a month. Twenty thousand listeners a month to earn what a average realtor makes. Maybe maybe thirty thousand, and you get that or fifty. Actually, it's more like fifty thousand. 50,000 listeners a month, you get to uh, like a, a, a medium-sized realtor. Now, once you get to 100,000, 200,000, then you start talking real money. That's what I was attempting on doing because, I, you know, the more listeners I get, the more time I can spend it, better equipment I can get and do that. So then I tried, so that, you know, social media doesn't work. I tried interviewing people. And then my theory behind interviewing people was um, – I get some people and reach out, someone in Buffalo, some bartender here, somebody here. Um, this is a couple of years ago. Now I interview people because it's pertinent. Like I have a reporter, uh, Jill Zyman. Uh, she was uh, a, a Florida Keys reporter, and we talked about the closing of the Keys and what it meant to businesses and the people down here. And then I spoke to the mayor of uh, Key West. This is recently, but a couple of years ago, I was talking to bartenders and bringing people in from different places, just trying to get their friends to listen. 
It was a slow approach. You know what I mean? Get there. Hey, at least their mom's going to listen. But her mom's not going to be regular. So you get a mom to listen or friends listen and stuff like that. They're only going to listen to that show. So what I need needed was if I had someone on, hopefully to have a thousand people that follow them and maybe 10 of them stay listeners. That's the best case scenario. And then I try to use interesting pictures. You know, see, titillating topic and a good picture. And there's plenty of, uh, a bunch of free pictures out there that aren't uh, royalty-based. So um, that, that, that probably worked the best, I think, if I put that. And I started noticing with the, uh, the, the right titles. But every so often, it's just see a huge spike in listenership. And it could be for many different reasons. A lot of times it's when someone's coming into the bar and they find out, hey, your bartender has a podcast and vice versa. And people that listen to podcasts and they come in the keys and say, oh, I know the bartender of this podcast works at this bar. So I'm going to look for them. And then you see them and you reinforce it and they download every episode. I have right now. It's uh, episode 284. I actually have over 300 episodes. Um, they're not all golden. I understand of it. Some of them I call bronze or copper. But, uh, you know, so I realize now that, uh, oh, and also what did I try to do? Oh, this is the most, I'm shameless with promotion. Now, there's some things I will not beg for listenership. I understand that. Some people come and say, hey, Jim, just provide fucking consistent comment, uh, con- content. Uh, spend time doing it. Uh, to make the uh, sound quality better. And your voice will show. You know, the, the growth will just occur on its own. It'll be organic. Well... You know me, I just try to do things the hard way. So I decided, uh, my last thing was, I, I noticed um, one of the uh, aspects of uh, using a podcasting app is a online application where I publish through called Spreaker. And they give me statistics. And the t- uh, statistics tell me not only... In, I don't know how consistent because my feeds, it use a feed and the feed goes out to iTunes podcast, you know, all these different, uh, uh, iHeartRadio, um, Spotify, and, uh, maybe 20 different other podcasting apps. Now I don't know if they're all tracked. I, I'm not exactly sure if they're all tracked and if I get everything, but what I've noticed is that I'm about triple what it was last year. Uh, triple the downloads, triple the listeners. And um, if I do that one more time, then we're in the clear. I end up showing up. I'm snapping my fingers right now. Bing, bang, boom, bam. I'm all over the place. Uh, so uh, what I noticed was it also gave me geographic locations where people are listening from. Thousand town, and I picked. I said, "Well, yeah, it's great. I got listeners in Chicago, got listeners in Philadelphia, got listeners in New Jersey, Connecticut, New York." Right now, I noticed um, I had a huge. What was the one that came in? Oh my God! Like I said, it's the older thing. I can't remember stuff. Mount Sinai, 
New York, not Mount Sinai Medical in Manhattan or wherever it is, but on Northern Long Island, I had a bunch of downloads. And Washington, okay, a couple days ago, Washington, Virginia. Well, a couple weeks ago, I noticed in Europe, in, in, in Holland, and I said I would never repeat it, but I'm going to say it. Later, Dorp, I did a six-show blitz where I mentioned in each show a five-minute segment with a picture of this small town of 26,000 in South Holland, Laterdorp. And I think, wow, I have it. If I can get 100 people from Laterdorp to listen to the show, when we say 100 people, that's, Christ, what is that? That's 20,000. That's point. Three percent. It was a hundred, hundred times that ten thousand. Uh, one, a hundred times a hundred is ten thousand. So yeah, point around point four percent, point four percent from there. I could just start week after week building up one hundred listeners in different places, and this is the way I saw it. It's like getting a. Uh, well, Nova Scotia. We have J-Ron from Nova Scotia. And there's another place in Canada, Ottawa, uh, smaller towns, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. I think that is. That's from a TV show on Bosom Buddies. Um, Utah. Boom. Hit that Washington State, Oregon, California, Nevada, New Mexico. Hit just some places out there. I always concentrate on the Midwest and the Northeast because that's where a lot of people come down for vacation from those areas. So that one might be the best way to do it. And also some European uh, countries because they come here to dive. Concentrated one where English is either the primary language or a huge section for them. For some reason, I always get French people every so often listening to the show. I met some French people when uh, Irma happened. So, who the fuck knows how that that happened. Oh, and and every so often, uh, I tried a little thing of Iran, but I figure if I had a decent listener in Iran, uh, the Revolutionary Guard would end up killing them. Uh, If if I had a decent listenership there, I just started doing a a Farsi section. That's a native language of uh, Iran, Persian. I could do a Persian podcast from the Florida Keys, the number one Persian podcast from the Florida Keys. That would be something. But then we get Lithuania. And I also see big spikes in Poland. And Novodnik. Novodnik, is that the name of it? Uh, whatever town, Krasny, Sanjeshu. Um, not in Zakopane. I did have some listeners in Zakopane previously. But yeah, I'm probably. I bet I'm in the top 20 uh, in my category. I'm in the top 20 in Poland, even though I never get Polish uh, stats. That uh, Every so often, uh, I get an email from a company that says, oh, here's your stats in Switzerland or uh, the Russian Federation, stuff like that. And they'll show at one point, it says, you're number 20 in comedy interview. Comedy interview is a very specific uh, 
That's that's a very specific category. You say comedy, and there's a sub one called the comedy interview. We have people on the interview, and it's supposed to be funny. So it's like a talk show. So if uh, that location thing, which seems to somewhat be paying off, but may not pay off as much as the, and it doesn't look like the title does, the two, I'm going to actually change the title of it, uh, instead of the title of the show, what do they call it, a chat with two sex workers, I'm just going to say, and then put farce, because that didn't quite work, and I said, but in the coming weeks, if that had worked, I would have used the title, um, for one show, it's called a hand job from a meter maid, bartending at the Playboy Mansion, free pot, because a lot of the listeners, I imagine a lot of listeners like free pot who listen to the show. They got to be uh, drinkers, and even though I'm sober, you know, doesn't mean that you have to be. Uh, don't have a problem if you have a problem. There's a place to go. I just need to say that. That's a disclaimer. Um, light up butt plugs, which is actually a thing. Um, on Twitter, a friend of mine uh, um, on Twitter mentioned that she found out uh, that there's a uh, light-up butt plugs out there. And later on, we'll find out. I am doing a, uh, I'm going to be doing a show from one of our local adult stores, and that that'll be one of the questions I do ask. So I probably uh, I'll see if I can use that as a title, if not, and uh, the name of the place then say that but who knows but there's the other one uh, we shaved Britney Spears head again which I hope people would take uh, literally how about zoom orgies or for the desperate out there because some of the dating shows I used to give dating advice for people it was called getting dates with your avatar because I noticed I, I, I even set up a new avatar. Facebook established a, a, a new uh, way of setting up your own avatar. So if you join now, and I don't think there's, if there's no listeners, if you're not here chatting, or you could be listening now because you haven't chatted with me, uh, you may have figured out that the uh, title, a, a chat with two sex workers, it ain't happening. So, uh, if you went on specifically for that, I'd say go and go and download your, you know, go to your f- favorite porn site, grab your Jergens lotion, go into your private area, and uh, do what you need to do to take care of yourself. Um, that ain't happening today. But what is happening today? I found a new outlet, and it is, I. I kind of enjoyed Reddit for some of the disturbing things. Uh, it w- I find these online questions sometimes people ask disturbing, meaning some people ask things they should already know. But then other ones, I don't know if they're real or not, but they're still funny. And this is one. Um, the uh, This one. This guy enraged these girls' parents by pretending not to know what a potato is. And some of you listeners may have heard this or not, but it's from a couple of years ago. I'm going to read this to you. 
Let me tell you that I have made a bad mistake this evening. My girlfriend, parentheses, who let me tell you is only my second girlfriend of all time, close parentheses, said I'm invited to dinner with her and her parents, and I was very aghast, nervous, and bashful to be invited to such a situation. But I knew it must be done. And let me explain to the reader, I'm going to, um, the listener, I'm the reader, uh, that I'm going to read just the way he wrote it. Some of these are aren't written the right way, but then you should understand because sometimes I don't speak the right way. I met them. Okay, I'm back. I met them nicely. I should tell you. And it started off in a good way. The idea slapped my mind that I should do a comic bit to make a good impression and become known to them as a person who is amusing. I did that. Now I'm off the topic again. I went to see this um, a friend of mine, Jack, uh, he had this beautiful sister, Marianne, and I was invited to the house for dinner after I started dating his sister. And during dinner, um, they had Italian food, and they were sitting there, and we're middle eating, and we're yucking it up. And uh, I had uh, I had the family going. The father was amused, the mother was amused, and then halfway through eating, and and I could tell when we Italian, uh, you know the. They were Irish-American, but they had Italian food. And there was a significant amount of garlic in the meal. So, and for some reason, the subject of talking about things people can't stand. And they said, oh, well, you know, I, I don't know if I can't stand certain, because I'm kind of re- restricted from trying new things, because I have these, these certain allergies. And they go, what allergies do you have? I said, well, one, for one, I have a garlic allergy. I get deathly ill when I have garlic. It takes me about an hour. And everyone put down their fork. And I have, if people know you, I have a, my one skill. I'm, obviously, you're listeners to podcast. Maybe I can't tell a joke. Maybe I can't do an impression. But what I can do is I can say something with complete sincerity in my face. And when I did that, uh, the people, the mothers just started freaking out. And I was put into a bad place, meaning I put in a bad, I put myself in a bad place, and I had to apologize the rest of the day. I wouldn't go in there. They were ready to get, you know, give me an expectorant or whatever to get me out to get me sick and stuff like that. So we're back to the story. When I okay, um, to make a good impression, become known to them as a as a person who is amusing. When I saw the baked potatoes were served, I got the idea that would be very good if I pretended I did not know what potatoes was. It's actually what potatoes were. That would be funny. Well, let me tell you. Backfired on my face, I'll tell you how. So first, when the potato became on my plate, became on my plate, like it materialized, I acted very interesting. I showed an expression on my face so as to seem that I was confused, astounded, but in a restrained way. Curious, yet interested. They did notice and seemed confused, but did not remark. So I asked them, this looks very interesting. What is this? They stared at me. The mother said, it's a baked potato. And I was saying, oh, interesting. A baked dot, dot, dot. What is it again? And she was like, a potato. And I was like, a potato. Oh, interesting. Never heard of a potato. Looks pretty good. And then. They didn't see I was clowning, but thought I really did not know what it, what is a potato. So I knew I would be very shamed, humiliated, depressed, and disgusted if I admitted to making a bad joke. Which, 
you know, not true, you wouldn't have been that shamed because you said, oh, that was a bad joke. I'm so apologize. I'm so nervous. He could have done that right then. So what I did was I, to act as if it was not a joke, but I committed to the act of pretending I didn't know what a potato is. <laughs> so he's deeper. You know what I mean? It's like when you're home, if you're married or you're a kid and you, if you're married and you were told your wife, you'd be out till eight, you come home at one in the morning or the same thing for your kid. And you're told your parent, you think, you know, your friends say, well, you're late. How can you be more late? Well, this is more late. Five hours is more late. That's when you get in more trouble. Uh, this went on. Okay. I'm back to this. This has went on for a bit and my girlfriend was acting very confused and embarrassed by my fucked up antics in quotation marks. And then the more insistent I was about not knowing what a potato is was when them parents starting thinking I did know what a potato was. Well, let me tell you, I had to commit 100% at this time. When I would not admit to knowing what a potato was, the father especially began to get annoyed. At one point he said something like, enough is enough, you're fucking with us, admit it. And I said, sir, before today, I never heard of a potato. I still don't know what a potato is other than some kind of food. I don't know what to tell you. Well, let me tell you, he got very annoyed. I decided to take a bite of the potato. And when I did, I made a high-pitched noise and said, taste very strange, exclamation point. That is when the father started yelling at me. The mother kept saying, what are you doing? And my girlfriend went to some other room. Finally, the father said, said, I should, in quotation marks, get the fuck out of his house, close quotation marks. And I said, it was irrational to treat me like this just because I've never heard of potato before. Well, let me tell you, he didn't take that kindly. Now, in text messages, I've been telling my girlfriend I really don't know what a potato is. The only way I can ever get out of this is for them to buy that I don't know what a potato is. I wish I never started, but I can't go back. I think she'll break up with me anyway. Okay. Now, if I told you about Reddit before, and almost anything when someone says something, the best thing is the comments. Dear Abby, if they could have done this in Dear Abby, having the people that were reading it comment, they're the best. Um, invite your parents, invite your girlfriend to meet your parents. Have your father take her aside and ask if potatoes were served at dinner with her parents. When she says yes, he looks alarmed and mutters something about wanting to keep them away from him and never mentions the subject again. <laughs> That's great. Oh, here's another one. One can when confronted about this horrible joke, insists it never happened with the same level of commitment. Maybe they will just think you have a brain disorder. That's a good one. I like it. Oh, my God. Uh, continue to do this. Continue to keep on doing this thing. Something different every time you see them. That's if you get invited back. So what is this giant chair thing we're all sitting on called again? Oh, a couch. It's very interesting. Um pretend a dinner didn't even happen another person says of course I know what potatoes are I've always liked them what dinner with your parents well let me tell you what I that I was home that night oh I like that one okay Fiora 
the Fuhrer of Felines wrote, send them a bouquet of potatoes as an apology. Put on the card, but on the card, write, enjoy your potatoes, quotation marks, potatoes in quotes, as if you still don't really believe they're real. Oh, I love that one. That's a good one. Um, this is some, this Hurl Carl wrote, this is some straight up George Costanza shit. So, um, the TI, there's a lot of TIFUs, but um, I like this. Easily, um, George Costanza, if you were listeners or Seinfeld fans, when he had to commit to uh, having a house in the Hamptons, uh, the, the parents didn't believe him and he kept on committing and he went uh, going back and forth. And uh, even though he never got a house in the Hamptons, he uh, said to get out of a obligation of his uh, deceased fiance's parents inviting him to a memorial service. He ended up driving the parents all the way out hours onto Long Island to um, a non-existent home in the Hamptons. So that's the Reddit thread. I love that stuff. I love weird shit. I do it all the time at the, the bar. And we will be doing more and more into the future. And I apologize if you did come on the show just to hear about the uh, private chat between two sex workers. But we don't have it. But I did post on the picture a fundraiser for people of sex workers in Tampa that have been put out because of all the bars and clubs closed and social distancing that there is a flyer and I don't know how genuine that is about um, donating to it but they do have uh, a PayPal and Venmo uh, contacts if you'd like to send uh, money to uh, out of work sex workers which because of the governor's orders I imagine it will be back uh, back on their backs no pun intended. No pun intended. I respect what they do. Um, it's just not something uh, we have on. Eventually, maybe we will have somebody, if there are any sex work- workers that listen to the show, I'd love to interview you. Uh, we could talk about some things. We could do it anonymously. Obviously, do it anonymously. And uh, it is a comedy show, but it, so you please have something on there that's interesting. Uh, if you do since I have you, I just don't know how many people are listening live. I'll find out when I'm done. But uh, if you could follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. I'm on Tumblr. I never mentioned it. It's Keys Bartender on Tumblr. And I post my podcast there. I post on Twitter. I don't post as much on Instagram, but I'm going to start posting more on Instagram. But Instagram is mainly a visual app. But since I have the pictures on, so maybe the title of the show will interest people into it. But, and I realize, you know, some people will be put off. But then again, I may get a certain amount of exposure to them. I mean, it could be kind of the exposure that you think you do if you're a person that is, um, you know, 
the people that are arrested for exposing themselves, thinking they'll get attention. Am I doing that? I don't think so because uh, I'm not really, I'm not really offending anyone because I did mark down this as explicit. And hopefully, um, I really, so when people say they were offended by it, it's why I, I didn't represent myself as uh, a, sh you know, a show for people who are that easily offended. And the nice thing about podcasts, you don't have to be that way. You know, there's podcasts out there. They're very offensive. There's white supremacists. There's racist. There's uh, male chauvinist. I'm none of those things. But I, I am looking for an outlet. So thank you very much. Uh, this is Jim the Keys bartender. I'll be back to you tomorrow. I'll try to have, maybe I'll have some sound bites for uh, you that happen uh, tonight while I'm working, see how it works out. Um, so uh, go to the website, follow, once again, follow us on Keys Bartender on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Instagram, and Tumblr. I have a website, www.keysbartender.com. If you have any show ideas, call, um, call or text me. Um, I'm, my uh, phone number is available on the website, www.keysbartender.com, or you can email me at jim at keysbartender.com. Thank you very much, and have a great day.